Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Houston Bernard over Zoom video. Houston was born in Oklahoma, then moved to Alaska for the next 10 years, eventually landing in Massachusetts, and he lived there up until uh, went away and joined the Army, and currently living back in Boston now. But he talks to us about growing up in Alaska, how he got into music, started playing guitar at an early age, would perform at different talent shows like the mall. The town he grew up in was very, very small, only 3,000 people. When he moved down to Massachusetts, he talks about writing songs in his bedroom, eventually joining some bands, writing totally different music than what he's doing now with the country stuff. But he talks to us about putting out his early records songwriting in Nashville, and all about the most recent song he released called Hangover. You can watch the interview with Houston on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be so awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Houston Bernard. Hey, what's up, Houston? How are you, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I appreciate you doing this today. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, my name is Adam, and this is about you, your journey in music, and uh, we'll talk about the new song as well. Okay, sounds good. Cool. Uh, first off, I did read Born and Raised in Oklahoma. Were you raised there as well? Because I have, I did read something about Alaska as well, so I'm curious. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was born in Oklahoma and uh, grew up in Alaska and Massachusetts. My dad uh, is from Oklahoma. He's a touring musician, mm-hmm. and uh, he I met my mom in Massachusetts. But he was a broke musician, so he rejoined the army. Okay. And uh, they sent him to Alaska. Eventually, they split up, and uh, my mom brought us back to Massachusetts. Okay, so you, how long did you live in Oklahoma then for? Uh, just a couple of years. Um, oh, okay. And my dad still lives there. You know, I go back all the time. I, I reconnected with my dad when I was about, when I joined the Army. So I was about, ni- about 19. Okay. I finally uh, met him again. And um, I connected with that side of the family. And um, man, it was uh, <laughs> quite eye-opening, you know, to just trying to figure out who you are as a person growing up. And you're like, oh, this all makes sense now. Okay, my dad is like this, my family's like this. Why was I getting, you know, all of, all of these, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they're kind of genetic. Sure, I mean, because it sounds uh, like there's music on your dad's side of the family, right? I mean, if he's oh, a touring musician. For sure, uh, I, I And you, were also, you also joined the army as well, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah, I was in okay. nine, uh, nine years. Wow. And uh, my brother and everybody else. My my dad has uh, eleven siblings, and I think at least five of them were in the military. Most wow. of them passed on, but uh, yeah. Okay, so you were in Oklahoma a short period of time, it sounds like, and then you went to Massachusetts. Yeah, were there Alaska, for a... Alaska, then Mass. Yeah. Oh, Alaska first. Okay, how long did you live in Alaska for? for Ten years. Wow. What was it? I mean, what part of Alaska? I don't know much about it, but sure, I'm just sure. curious. There's like, uh, you know, Anchorage, um, mm-hmm. Big Lake, Wasilla. I lived in Wasilla, which is a, a town of size, uh, about 3,000 people. And most people wow. that town for Sarah Palin. I never knew her when I was there. <laughs> Small town, but I didn't know her. Yeah, that's crazy to say, like, I didn't know her. And I'm like, well, 
Yeah, but then if you think of 3,000 people, that's not very many people like at all. I mean, my high school graduating class was 1,200. So <laughs> that's like basically my entire high school was living in your whole town. So you probably would have run right. I mean, it, it makes more sense now to have run into her, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I had my mind on everything. I was riding motorcycles and, uh, and horses and, uh, you know, singing in malls. You know, it's, that was what I was doing. I think okay. Was uh, where you lived in Alaska? Did you have the um, I, I maybe it's all of Alaska. I'm just ignorant to this, but like where it was, it stays in light all the time and then dark for most of the time, and then it kind of does the like half a year. Isn't that correct? Or I, yeah, so uh, it's really more extreme uh, further up north. And Anchorage is kind of the southern part. Uh, okay, well, kind of the southern part, and there's also the um, where uh, Ketchikan is, where it's closer to to uh, Vancouver and stuff. But yeah, so in the summertime, it would be, you know, we, you know, we'd walk out at night and uh, it'd be like 40 degrees and it would be like dawn all night. And then in the wintertime, it would be, um, you know, the sun would be like really on the side of, of the sky and it'd be kind of sunny, but some days it would just be completely gray all day. Um, but you know, it changed. It changed. But mm -hmm. yeah, the, like the extremes, like the white nights, that was closer to the Ar Arctic Circle, I think. Okay. Uh, but we got a taste of it, and of course, we saw aurora borealis, and uh, we saw that all the time. You know, growing up, I was like, oh, there it is again. You know, it's crazy. People talk about it all the time. I was like, wow. You know, it's kind of uh, yeah, I'd love to see that someday. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, yeah, I've seen it like a million times. Right. I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah, um, I mean, it was it was different up there, you know, uh, being, you know, the snows, just something that we were used to. It was always around. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't cancel school because of snow. They would just put chains on the buses and, you know, and I, go I, remember, I remember like seventh grade, I would go to the bus stop and I had it was all about my hair. You know, I didn't want to mess up my hair. So I didn't <laughs> wear any hat on my head. And I had gel in my hair or whatever. Uh -huh. And then, uh, my hair would freeze. And then by the time I got on my bus, it started melting. So I'd have like, you know, gel oh, the gel my dripping down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they up my hair, man. Oh, that's funny. I'm originally from San Diego, uh, Southern oh. California, where we never really saw snow unless you drove to it. But um, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's great. And I just recently moved to Nashville about uh, a little over a year ago. And okay. I have two, two kids myself. And if it snows like whatsoever they cancel school here it's yeah. like my neighbor from across the streets from illinois he's like they didn't cancel snow if it was like two feet by our house like what is it like you know they'll cancel it if it's like barely snow if there's if it's sticking to the ground they're canceling school <laughs> i just think they don't have the infrastructure you know to put out uh you know to have probably they don't probably have chains on the vehicles and oh no they don't they don't even have snow plows for the streets in a lot of yeah. the areas so it's like they can't leave. It's just funny because a majority of the, the areas in the county I'm in could get to the school, but they can't if, you know, there's people out in, in, in the midst of some of the suburbs that can't. So, like, if you're in the same district, they're not going to be like, only these three schools are canceled because they can't get access to it. And yours will be it's like they just cancel everything for the whole district. Yeah. But it's just interesting. Like if it's like minimal snow, my neighbor will be like, "Really? <laughs> You're gonna cancel for this?" <laughs> we used to. I used to uh, in our yard. We had a pretty big yard, and I would 
you know, shovel two feet of snow trails around the yard so we can play tag in them. And that's, that's kind of, cool. I, I love to shovel the driveway. I was so into it. And so, <laughs> I don't know. That was, then I was like, oh, that, I guess that's weird because people don't really feel that way. Um, sorry. Oops. <laughs> that's funny. Well, then obviously you have music in your family. Was that yeah. something that you drew, were drawn to early on? Well, you know, sometimes th uh, things are genetic, right? And um, mm -hmm. without growing up with my father, I didn't really know, um, you know, I didn't know it was genetic. And so I was, you know, I was writing songs, little jingles, at least when I was like five years old. And I was just, everything was music for me. I was listening to, um, you know, from Elvis and uh, even uh, some of the Bee Gees and uh, Simon and Garfunkel and, and that sort of stuff and Bruce Springsteen, and all, you know, pretty much everything that was on the radio, I would listen to and mm -hmm. uh, respond to. And then I started writing and writing it down, writing my songs down. I was about 11, 12 years old when I was singing in malls in Alaska and uh, I was catalog cataloging all my songs and recording. Uh, I think they were awful, but, uh, you know, I was it was still very creative and it just felt like something I had to do. Uh -huh. uh, that I learned is like, oh, my father is a musician, you know? Yeah. My mom didn't really talk about that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, this is starting to make sense. And then I just really wanted to play more and perform more. And I was like, really part of me. And there's a quite a bit of journey from different genres and stuff. And I didn't play country music till about uh, 2012 because wow. uh, I grew up. Uh, like, like I grew up in Massachusetts where country wasn't, uh, at least in the town that I was in, mm -hmm. Worcester, where my mom's from, uh, it wasn't very popular. Though everyone was telling me, why don't you play country music? Your name is Houston. I'm like, <laughs> right. I, it kinda, yeah, it kind of fits. <laughs> that's not why you do something. It's, you know, your, right. your name is, you know, you have to feel it. Like country music is about honesty and, and, uh, and you've got to be completely honest, I think. Uh, though that's not 100% of what country is today. Um, anyway, uh, so I, I didn't do it. And I played rock music and I played it all. You know, I, I even did like big band music when I was singing it. Um, when I was growing up singing at old folks homes, I would sing Sinatra and stuff like that. So I've, I've played a lot of different styles of music. But around 2012, I decided that, you know, I felt like my music career had taken a, a its journey and I toured on underground music scenes in Europe and all over the States doing like uh, punk style music and, mm -hmm. and all this. And I was like, okay, but you know what? I've never played country music. So I can't really stomach the stuff that's on country radio. I, I just really couldn't. And so I said, like, well, I'll start a country, um, an outlaw country band. And I did. And, you know, there's some learning curves to it for sure. But then I was like, wow, this is really natural for me. And I really found my voice and, uh, just really started trying to improve what I was doing. I was writing a ton. So, you know, four plus albums later now, mm -hmm. I'm still recording and performing. And I, I just feel like, man, I wish I did this when I was 12 years old, <laughs> like everyone <laughs> told me to do. Sure. Um, but wow. Well, real, real quick, back to the mall playing in, or singing in the mall. So you were doing your own songs then, or was it just covers at that point? There would be like contests or, or, okay. or that sort of thing. And I would, uh, one specific the at diamond mall in uh, anchorage i actually wore a cowboy hat and i sang an elvis song uh heartbreak hotel okay and i was i, I have video of it it's awful uh i was so <laughs> stiff 
And I did this little speech that my mom wrote for me in the beginning. Of, in 1937, Elvis Aaron Presley was born. And it was, you know, I was talking like this. And he's the greatest entertainer of all time. It's my baby. You know, I was just really <laughs> and it was awful. But, you know, I did it. And there you go. And my, well, my fingers would bleed from the acoustic guitar that had, like, these old strings on it. That oh, sure. Been, like, Ten years. And you have to push really hard to make a chord. Yeah, the action is like three inches tall, like <laughs> you know, between the the fret. Um, For twelve year old, it was deadly. Was that the first uh, instrument you learned, guitar? Yeah, guitar. Okay. And then uh, I tried to uh, pick up piano as, uh, when I was younger, and I taught myself some stuff. But it wasn't until really uh, recently, the past um, ten years, you know, being around um, like schools professional musicians where I was learning more theory mm -hmm. um, and I started putting more chords together. I started reading music um, so I can, I can read cheap music pretty okay. I'm always trying to get better at it because mm -hmm. I, I love the challenge of it. I watch, I watch all those, those YouTube videos on theory uh, that bores everybody else. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is great stuff. Oh, that makes <laughs> sense now. Sure. You know, just trying to put it all together stuff that I wish I had learned uh, young, younger, but I'm um, still enjoying the journey. Maybe I appreciate it more now, now that mm -hmm. I can see a purpose for it with my writing process and stuff. And a lot of the country songs, oh my gosh, a lot of the country songs are, what is it? One, five, six, four. Like how many country songs are, you know, with those, those chords in that exact pro progression. Um, but the, what you try to do after, for me, what I try to do is, let's say that's the style. I, I'm going to try to change up the, the variety of those chords and, and and change it a little bit and still be able to communicate, uh, you know, in the same genre, <laughs> you know? Sure. But, uh, uh, but understanding the theory and, and changing, you know, a major chord to a minor chord or like as a surprise uh, or something like that and still communicate the emotion and, and um, the story that you're trying to tell is, is pretty exciting. So mm -hmm. the more you understand the theory, the more you can, you know, jet out outside of that. And there was a time where I thought, and this was a popular thought from, from a lot of people at the time, I think it was like, well, if I learn too much, it, it'll change my artistry and it won't be as right. Authentic. I've heard that before. It's like, no, man, it just gives you more tools. It gives sure. you more tools. Yeah, you can get lost in the mechanical, like, you know, there's a lot of people that just play like robots to, you know, the notes. Mm -hmm. you know? But that doesn't mean you have to do that. You can, you know, understand the theory and go, okay, here's some chords that I can just play to, to, to get my emotions out. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to have any type of structure. You know, mm -hmm. but if you don't have those tools, how far can you go? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've just heard people say this, like, just the, because you you brought it up, but like yeah, like say oh you know well if I knew if if the if theory said I shouldn't put this note with this note then maybe you wouldn't try like just things like that. But in uh, in all reality, like how can it hurt knowing everything? Right. Yeah. You you get, some people were like, well, these are the rules. Well, those are some rules, but it's a guide. It's not it's not actual rules. You can change the rules. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I totally get like off the cuff. Not like the Beatles did that. They didn't know a lot of theory. Like Paul probably knew most of the theory, but a lot of the songs were just like, this is what sounds good. This is what I'm feeling. Right. Yeah. So let's go with it. It doesn't matter if it, the, the notes should go together or not. Right. Um, and I get mm -hmm. that. But it I, sounds I like, like you're. 
It sounds like your mom is pretty supportive of obviously of what you're doing. And even at an early age, she saw something there to be like, yeah, you should join this talent show and I'm going to write the speech and, you know, go up there and sing Elvis. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, I, I think it's sixth grade is where I really like, I had the, the lead in the school play. Okay. And, um, she's like, okay, well, this is what he likes to do. Let's get him some voice lessons. Let's get him, you know, so I started uh, auditioning for commercials. I did some, some commercials and I, I was performing in plays and musicals, which wasn't really my thing, but you know, uh, she was like, well, you, you showed some, some, um, talent there. Let's mm -hmm. explore that. I, I was actually a Nordstrom model for a minute, but this oh, was there you go. This is all for a very short window of time when I was like 11 to 13, kind of in that area. And then, you know, uh, life happens, you know, we ended up moving from Alaska to, to Worcester. A lot of things changed with, with my mom's relationships, mm -hmm. which, you know, through things. Um, so then I just got into my own thing, kind of, mm -hmm. I stopped doing that, that stuff and but uh, yeah, she's she's always been very supportive, no matter you know what state uh, her relationships have been in, or, or or the struggles we had just to pay rent, um, which was a huge struggle. Or I mean, there's a lot of challenges that we had uh, at, at in my house. So we just you know did our best to get through, and and music has always been there. So I would be in my room by myself, write my little cheesy you know dark songs. <laughs> about how tough life is and yeah you know being in love or whatever that might might be but um, well, it sounds like you're they're still you know authentic and um you, like you weren't some growing up some rich kid making up songs about the street you know what i mean like there was obviously some truth to, to what you were writing it sounds it, like it was it was a hundred percent authentic um and a lot of it was very dark uh -huh. uh, at that time like you know my teen years or whatever uh, but then I also started teaching myself piano and just some chords and stuff. And I would go to school and I went to a Catholic school actually, which mm -hmm. the way we paid for it was like, we did odd jobs and, uh, you know, I'd be cleaning up puke in between classes, which was not <laughs> something that helps, you know, who is puking. Like there's that many people puking that you had to be like designated puke cleaner up dude. Well, I would work as the assistant janitor at the school to help pay for school. Like we paint the, the, the um, we paint, we do anything to help mm -hmm. pay for school. Sure. Uh, because at the public schools, people were getting, you know, knifed and beat up and there were gangs and, and that sort of thing. And so I, uh, my mom was like, well, let's put you in Catholic school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and that's, you know, that's what we did. Uh, mm -hmm. But then I would sometimes sneak away and go play the out of tune piano in the uh, auditorium. And I would just be like, I would skip class just to play it. And no one bothered me. This was like, especially my senior year, nobody bothered me. Like people would come in like, oh, that's just Houston playing the piano. Shouldn't he be in class? I don't know. Probably it's none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And then you ended up joining the army, what, right out of high school? Right out of high school. You know, you know I've always thought I would be in the military. Um, mm -hmm. my original plan when I was 10 years old was to fly, you know, jets for you, know, for the Marines or whatever. And, um, that was, you know, that didn't happen. Uh, so really I was just trying to get an education, go to college, serve my country and, mm -hmm. 
I did a lot of music actually in the military. I did play played some soldier shows. Not that I was playing music, but my my jobs was like petroleum specialist, water purification specialist, uh, master fitness trainer. I excelled in um, in fitness and um, I got awards and stuff for that in mm-hmm. the army. Wow, that's but, amazing. But you know, everyone used to call me Elvis in in the army. <laughs> And they're like, so why are you in the army? Shouldn't you be singing somewhere? I'm like, yeah, but I'm trying to pay for school too. You know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up broke and we didn't, my mom didn't have a college education at the time. And so we're struggling, struggling, struggling. So I it's like, well, education is the way out of that. Um, of course, I, I chose uh, communications as a major, which hey, odd, not very specific. Yeah, look at me. We have the same major. <laughs> I went in and I'm like, where? Okay. I'm like, so where can I land without doing any math or science for the remaining four years of my life or the next four years? Oh, the, the perfect. Okay. We're going to go with that one. Sounds good. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I had uh, the military paid for state schools and there wasn't really, I wasn't aware of any good music programs. And then mm-hmm. any type of music was really focused on like classical music. Mm-hmm. So I tried that, but it was such a struggle, you know, taking a class on Haydn, you know, <laughs> sure. like, eh, you know, did you get to choose which state you decided to go to school? I mean, I'm not sure how that works or it was, so I you- ended up, uh, after regular army, I went to national guard mm-hmm. from Massachusetts. So it was uh, okay. school for Massachusetts. Cool. And I probably, I don't know, I probably could have changed. I, I, there was a time where some friends were going to NYU in New York city and, and I did an internship through a summer and I was hoping to go to NYU, but like the process and like, there's still, you needed a ton of money. There wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, there was no state funding for NYU. Right. Um, um, I was thinking maybe Berkeley, but that's probably just too specific that they wouldn't want to kick into that. School. Yeah. Um, funny is that uh, I hire a lot of Berkeley musicians here in Boston to work for me. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and, and even in, when I tour out in San Diego, I play uh, Moonshine beach and moonshine flats oh okay uh, ocean uh, beach so Is i it a, hire Berkeley, yeah. uh, musicians um who are based in la they'll come down and and that's uh, awesome last, last time i was out there a couple months ago played moonshine beach two nights there uh we had a great time musicians nailed it you know we don't rehearse i'm just like here's the songs learn them right right uh, but when you go to different towns where there aren't a lot of professional musicians, like we did a, a festival down in North Carolina, I hired a couple musicians and their style, you know, they're much older guys and they played with a bunch of legends and whatever, but mm-hmm. their style is different. So like they don't, when I say, okay, you know, the count is three, four, they're like, yeah, I just feel it. I don't know. <laughs> we'll just go, we're going to wing it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. Um, all right. We're yeah. going to play to click on this um, just to make sure that we get the BPMs correct. Uh, BPMs? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So when we do fly out dates, I'll bring my guitar player. And, you know, it's it's hard to find musicians that don't need to rehearse. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's been a challenge. But I think, like, I'm breaking into Texas a lot more. Nashville's not a problem. I was going to say um, Nashville, like I heard that they even have their own like real like language here. You just say it's going to be one, five, two or something. They're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> that's and, so and crazy that's, to me. That's one thing I've definitely learned and picked up. And I've been really pushing myself to to learn that type of theory and that communication with musicians. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. this is, you know, like there's, we have this one song that everybody ends on the four and I mm-hmm. have to always look at the sub that's come in. I go, 
one, and they you hear him go to the four and go, oh, one, you know. Like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. So like give them that, you know. Yeah, then they understand what you're saying for yeah, sure. Yeah, so we played uh, whiskey jam a couple weeks ago in, uh-huh. um, and you know, it's it's not hard to find good musicians in Nashville. Sure. Right? Yeah, and I've been I was say they're all over the place. <laughs> oh yeah, and I mean it's it's great when I do uh, recording now. I uh, for my past couple projects, I'll, I'll work with Bill McDermott in Nashville and it's all studio musicians and mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, I'm always, a, you know, I'm excited to see who he's got for musicians. We had like Tim McGraw's keyboard player and uh, Alabama's drummer last time I was in there. And then like the guys that are playing on, they've been on every hit you've heard on the radio. Mm-hmm. That's great. And what's, and I never wanted to to do the Nashville thing until my manager convinced me a few years ago. Uh, because we had some label interest and like we want them to sound more natural whatever but it was still a great experience and what i learned is like it's it's cheaper uh they're still true to the song mm-hmm. at least the 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 people that we worked with and it, it there if you want to work with a producer that you know is a, a hit maker then they take those songs and they elevate those songs it's like well maybe if we shorten this here and do this there and oh let's change the key because your voice sounds better little things that professionals really work on you know when you're doing it every day like someone like bill mcdermott the producer mm-hmm. knows what's going to work he knows what's right work. you save time you save money mm-hmm. uh, and you come out with like this great song that that you're proud of or these great recordings that you're proud of and for me my sound is more of like a, a heartland country mm-hmm. you know i would say it's like a springsteen Melly camp circa 84 is kind of like my vibe um and not just musically but uh you know with the the ideas of you know working hard and um taking care of middle america trying to do the right thing like you know the, the middle class is is really the backbone of our country and and mm-hmm. that type of philosophy is, is i bring to my music and it's true and organic there's a lot of auto-tune and uh overproduction on i shouldn't say overproduction a lot of extra production you know where you mixing mixing different uh you know pop genres in with the music and that's fine that's just not who i am um and you know songs like you know fancy like that's not something that i i relate to Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately because it's really popular but it is really right popular. right so right when i i'm really proud of the music that we're able to make where it's it sounds and feels like me mm-hmm. it's honest to me and even if i don't have uh, a large audience that is into that uh it, at the end of the day i feel pretty proud of what i've done i think you write some really amazing songs and i mean coming to nashville is this is a songwriter's town i mean people that write songs here are songwriters. I mean, there's obviously yeah. like LA is a totally different vibe and, and New York. And, but when you come here, it's like, this is like where people are writing songs. Yeah. My, my buddy was like, uh, he told me, he's like, uh, relating it to like baseball uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, you go to Nashville, these people are on steroids, like with the writing, <laughs> you know, right. Like next level. And, you know, I know where I'm at with, as a writer, you know, I, I haven't worked the craft as, as hard and as long as a lot of these amazing, uh, amazing writers have. My, my passion is definitely songwriting, but performance and connecting with an audience. And, you know, I've, I've had to bubble gum all my things to try to stay afloat with, with everything I'm doing. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, I haven't sat in a room, you know, for 10 years writing songs. So I know my skill level is at a certain point, but I think that uh, any person that's trying to uh, be successful in something, they should know the shortcomings and work on them, mm -hmm. but also know where, you know, and how to try to piece together something to elevate uh, what you're doing. And so I like to write with some really great writers. Uh, Britton Cameron is one of those writers and uh, Doug Cahan, Willie Morrison, some of those guys that I've written a bunch of songs with. But I'll also say, hey, guys, what other songs do you have? Mm. I'd love to see, you know, to, to record. So I don't mind recording other writers' songs if they, if you know, they uh, str strike a chord with me. Uh, and that's what I've been doing. And they're just trying to put the best stuff out and the most honest stuff I can. Mm -hmm. And the most recent one is called Hangover. Hangover. So that was written by Willie Mor Morrison and a couple other guys. Um, and uh, the song I put out before that is a song called All We Are Is Memories. Yeah. Which I, I co-wrote that one. And it was kind of like very deep and it's kind of sad. <laughs> so I was right. like, let's, let's change it up. Let's celebrate life a little bit more in a different way and uh, talk about Hangover. And Hangover, I think it was uh, very relative because a lot of people are at home. And so like, well, I'm not going to go out and because of, you know COVID or whatever and mm -hmm. let's stay home and and have a couple of drinks <laughs> sometimes midweek right uh, right yeah and um but it's also like okay we don't have to go out to have a good time let's stay home and you know let's just work on that hangover sure well, with a song like that you said that uh that was something that somebody else had written do you come to yeah. the session and you're like okay like well, how does that work? You just ask, you just say, okay, I've worked, you've worked with these writers from before. And you're like, well, what do you have anything that we could all, you know, we could cut or work on together. And then you just kind of uh, like, yeah, just kind of explain that to me a little bit. Sure. So uh, I'll, I'll do writing sessions with, with people. And I've been doing a lot on zoom and stuff uh, mm -hmm. because I'm not living in, in Nashville. Uh, and luckily um, because of COVID, a lot of writers who used to be like, no, we've got to write, we've got to be in the same room, mm -hmm. that changed. Right. They're willing to do it this way, right? Yeah. So I'm able to write with people all over the country, all over the world, even um, if, you know, if I, if I um, hear a song that I like, I'm like, oh, who wrote on that? And maybe I'll reach out to them and write with them. And because of, of that, we've been doing Zoom writes. So I'll like for Willie Morrison, who uh, recently had a cut with Brothers Osborne, who's probably my, my favorite modern country act. Mm -hmm. uh, my manager put me in touch and like we related right away like he's a great guy he's a great writer uh, I had some ideas um, so we come in and we'll write write together and then I'm like well what else do you have you know so he'll, he'll send me it's like well here's some songs that don't have any names on them uh, or or singers on them and so he sent me some demos and we were looking for songs and that hangover um, song stood out mm -hmm. uh, so we we decided to record it. They were nice enough to let us record it. And, uh, and actually I have the video is going to be coming out soon. Um, uh, and I have Willie Morrison as the lead actor in, in, cause he's such a oh, uh, wow. cool guy. Uh, I was like, Oh, I gotta have him in it. And he did uh -huh. a great job. I can't wait to, for people to see the video. He, he did a really great job. It's, it's a funny video. Um, my friend, uh, Justin Mayotte, who, uh, I know from new England, he's moved down there a few years ago. He's working with everybody. Um, and so he, he directed the video and we had some ideas and he came, uh, it's just, it's a, 
it's a fun video. <laughs> I have some uh, other friends uh, that are in the video as well, but uh, yeah, awesome. so Willie, Willie's in that. But that's how, you know, sometimes I don't mind, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, writers that are like, well, you know, we got to write every song that I record. And I'm like, uh -huh. no, if I like a song, I don't right. mind recording it. Mm -hmm. If it feels, feels like it's part of me, like it's my voice, you know, saying something I want to say or, or having a good time or something like that, that it doesn't feel like, um, yeah, I don't know what the word would be selling out or right. Or like a fraud when you're singing it, like, yeah, fraud. it's like, no, nah, this, like the song freedom that was written by like Stephen Lee Olson. And, um, I apologize. I forget his, his name, but like two hit writers, mm -hmm. uh, American dream was written by uh, Braden counts and Jason humor who, uh, my manager where we have the same manager. And I was like, well, that song speaks to me like that, you know, speaks to me. Mm -hmm. you know, then I have songs like All We Are Is Memories, which I was co-writer on. And that's totally my voice. It's totally my ideas. And uh, they're just better because mm -hmm. I wrote with Britton Cameron. Um, I also wrote a song which hasn't been released called In My Blood. And that, you know, I wrote I wrote 90 percent of that song. And I was like, you know, I want it to be to be better. Mm -hmm. So I brought it to Britton Cameron and he was like, well, it's pretty much all, all here. It changed a couple of things and you know, a couple of chords and whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could be a great writer like that. And I'm striving to and I'm trying to improve all the time. Um, but, be, you know, I wrote because Britton came in and he's just, you know, a veteran writer. and He's been doing it a very, very long time. He just like the studio musicians he brought my my voice out and it was true to the my story and and um was able to to make this song that much better you know that mm -hmm. extra you know 10 20 30 40 percent better <laughs> well yeah i mean collaboration is always so beneficial i mean you can hear get somebody else's perspective on the song and you know hear yeah. some more ideas and kind of help build it that way uh, but that's amazing. Thank you so much for doing this, Houston. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I have one more question before I let you go. I want to yeah. see if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah. My advice, uh, I get asked this question uh, every now and then, and I keep coming back to the same thing. Um, being successful in, in music, successful meaning like, you know, million dollar houses and that sort of thing is like winning the lottery multiple times. That's how I feel about it. I've been doing it a long time. I've never been signed to a label, but I've been I've, I've played multiple genres. And I, for me, trying to be famous isn't the goal. And it's a it's a hard thing. And you get real burnt out real quick if that is your goal. That is like your main goal. So I would focus on the the artistry, uh, the performance, communicating with your audience, finding an audience. And that I believe you will find joy and fulfillment as long as you're true to that goal of just being like, I want to be the best me I can be. You know, I'm not competitive, you know, cheering other people. And yeah, do it, do it. That, that positivity. Um, if you have that, that will elevate you to some sort of joy and uh, fulfillment in performing and writing and, you know, and, and just try to think long term. Not short term. Like if this is who you are, this is who you want to be, then be the, the best version of yourself. And that will be